It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Lincoln. We're recording this on Thursday, July 30th. One year until the Olympics possibly kick off in Tokyo. You can email the show flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Lincoln, one year out. How you feeling? You know, it's another day closer <laughs> to sweet relief. <laughs> no, sorry. That's an inside joke. Um, one year out. It feels like there's been a lot of one year out announcements. We're, we're yep. one year out. How many, how many, uh, it's, it's only in track and field do we do this, like we're a year away from the actual event that everyone cares about. Uh, but it mm-hmm. feels good. I guess the clock can, can start now. Um, but I guess there's obviously differences from when the track competition starts from when the Olympics start. I, I have a hard time getting getting these things uh, organized. I love when the media members and agents tweet out in the last couple of weeks or whatever. This was supposed to be my flight to Tokyo. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I think that one that tweet's lost its luster. Um, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess maybe I'm jealous because I didn't have a plane ticket to to Tokyo. I wasn't planning on going, but uh, it's a long winded. I photoshopped it. Yeah, I, I went on. I went to orbits and I uh, created a fake flight just because I wanted to participate. And I put myself on uh, a really, really expensive airline going there. And then coming back, I put myself on Spirit Air just to let people yeah. know I can go in both directions. And yeah. is there a direct flight? Is there a direct flight from Tokyo to Austin on Spirit Air? <laughs> Not yet. I but I sure as heck hoped. I would be terrified <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, but but yes, this is one year out of the track competition. This is one year out of, of the actual mm-hmm. track competition. So I wanted to do some some predictions one year out. We could pick the team, and we might pick the team at some point. We'll have a lot of podcast air to fill, especially when you're gone, and it's just Gordon and I, and I'm really, really hoping that the time goes by very quickly. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But I wanted to I wanted to throw some things out there, and I have three predictions. You have three predictions. Mine aren't particularly bold. Mine aren't particularly mm-hmm. like, oh, these are some things that are completely off the map. Uh, but I'm curious to hear yours and how crazy you went with your your three yeah. one year out predictions. Well, you sent me yours this morning. So on a scale from yours to Gordon's typical Emmanuel career is going to run 139. They're somewhere <laughs> in the middle, I feel like. Uh, okay, but, good. Good, uh, good, good. Yeah, there's there's somewhat in the middle. But th- there's a little boldness to, to mine, I would say. So uh, we'll have fun discussing them, I guess. Yeah. No, not I guess. We will. We're going to actually have fun discussing this. I'm sitting yeah. on a floor in an empty uh, house right now that I'm moving out of, by the way. If I sound mm-hmm. a little different or if I look a little different, I'm going to have the podcast studio up and running in the new place pretty soon. I know you're potentially moving into a very expensive shed that you had constructed just – I think you're calling it the Audio Palace. Is that right? The Audio Palace? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's the world's most expensive podcast studio. It's it's actually per per download, it's the definitely the most expensive <laughs> podcast studio uh, of all time. I think it's about six dollars per 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 download. Um, hopefully, we've had a little trouble getting the the Wi-Fi to extend out to there. Even got a new router and haven't yet got that all set up. But uh, it is it is definitely possible. Are you going to you're you're moving out of this house? I assume your lease is up at the end of the month which is well saturday tomorrow um are you going to take the will smith photo or the will smith gif of yourself <laughs> looking around like they had an empty house or you know it's funny because my son wanted to take a picture in every room before we left as a way to remember it but he took a picture when all the stuff was gone and it doesn't i don't think i don't know if it looks as interesting as he hoped it would. Right. So th yeah. But that that scratched my itch. I'm not going to forget what this house looked like. We have plenty of of pictures. That gift's been in heavy rotation this year, though, with everything being canceled and social distancing yes. being it at, really, the, at the front of everybody's mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, let's, let's jump into these, though. Uh, I will allow you to go first. I sent you two of my three this morning. I have a mystery mm -hmm. one, which okay. I will unveil at some point. Just, I didn't want to give you all my in information, but I did want to give you two of them so that way you don't pick the same ones that I do. What is your, we can alternate here. What is your first uh, bold prediction yeah. about what will happen yeah. in Tokyo? Yeah, we'll start this with the the, uh, the caveat that yesterday on yesterday's show, I was on the record saying that I'm bad at predictions. So take these all with a grain of salt. My first one though, is that Christian Coleman's going to win the 100 meter Olympic title. And that wouldn't normally be bold, but of course he's facing a suspension to miss the Olympics. I think he's going to find a way, I don't know, um, through what means, but track always has a way to, I don't know, I don't want to say not bend the rules. That's not the word I'm looking for. But, you know, we looked at uh, Deja Stevens' one and a half year suspension and thought, oh, that, that, that could be applied to Coleman. But I, I don't know. I just get this feeling he's going to be suspended for a year. And I, track doesn't have the same thing as other sports where there seems like there's different rules for higher profile athletes. Like maybe you would see in the NBA or whatever regarding like refereeing and what the, whatnot. But I don't know. I just feel like they're going to find a happy medium and suspend him for a year, which will allow him to compete in trials and therefore the Olympics. I just have a hard time believing he's completely going to miss the Olympic games. That's taken out one of the biggest names in the sport, regardless of what you think of, you know, his whereabouts case. But that's a long-winded way for me to say I think he's going to be there. And if he's there, he's a huge favorite. Um, and I'm, I'm picking him for 100-meter gold. Yeah, the bold part of that prediction is him being there. I think yeah, yeah, everybody would agree. He's, he's an enormous yeah. favorite. This would not have been a bold prediction a couple yeah. months ago. But it turns into a bold prediction because you're basically making a prediction regarding the Cavs decision at this point. Right. Which – You've you've always been big at, at uh, and good at, at accurate at, at, at nailing those yeah. Cavs suspensions and what, what they decide to do regardless I'm, of the topic. I, yeah, and that's basically what I've been spending my day throughout the last couple of months. I'm talking to my sources in and out of Cavs all day. Um, they haven't been very reliable because I haven't been able to report anything. No, I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not basing this off of anything I know other than I just – it's going to be a controversial decision one way or the other. And I feel like 
a happy medium, not happy, but a medium decision is, is suspending him for the year. And, and then he gets to compete at the Olympics. I feel like with all that has yeah. gone on, especially in the U S I mean, we've had this coronavirus and it's brutal right now and has been for months. We're going to have an election. I think people con concerned about Christian Coleman being at the Olympics or not being at the Olympics. I feel like that's going to be on the bottom of the list. Uh, and that, that shouldn't have anything to do with Kaz, especially since they're not constructed of American uh, people, but uh, I'm right, winding myself into a Gordon like take here. Um, but I, I just, I, I feel like the, the outcome is going to be having him compete in the Olympic games. I think there's going to be a little bit different standard for him than maybe some other athletes that aren't the reigning world champion. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll go to my first one. And my bold prediction, Grant Holloway is going to break the high hurdle record in mm. the Olympic final. He, of course, went under 13 seconds last year, then went on to win the world title. But 2021, if things go to plan, will be the first year we see Grant Holloway, where he's primarily focused on one event as a professional. Add that into the fact that he is the consummate big meat performer. I think dropping a couple tenths off his best time is certainly well within reason. And I think we're going to see the first ever 12-7 in men's high hurdle history in that Tokyo final. That's so fast. <clears throat> and yes, as a whatever he was last year, a 21-year-old running 12.98 and then coming back to win the world title, you have, you have ample proof that he's a big time performer. Man. <clears throat> have the most trouble clearing my throat on this show every single time. Uh, 12 sevens is a ridiculously fast time. I mean, Merritt's time, the 1280 is a huge, not huge, but a pretty big outlier, right? I think the next yeah. fastest yeah. time is 1287. So this is certainly a, a bold prediction and what Merritt ran that time in, in 2012. And I don't, have there been any 1280 performances since then? I, I don't think so. Um, no. Not 1280. We get, really I mean, yeah. we get really excited when you see anything under 13 seconds now. 129 yeah. is, is enough to get you yeah. off your seat. Yeah. Oh, abs absolutely. I mean, was, I, I think uh, Holloway's 1298 was the only sub 13 last year. And there's some, there's some dudes in the hurdles right now, obviously with McLeod still there and Shabankov and, you know, Pascal. And so it's not a weak event, but yeah, that is a tough time to crack. He is going to have to <clears throat> come out on fire next year. And I think regularly be breaking 13 seconds for me to think that's a possibility for all the hurdle events for you to choose a world record. I feel like you chose the least likely one. Why did you go that route? Well, because we wanted some element of boldness, saying Dalila Muhammad mm -hmm. or Sidney McLaughlin is going to break the women's four-meter hurdle record. I think that's expected. <laughs> I think it. I think it's expected that Warholm, Benjamin, or Samba is going to break the 400-meter hurdle record next year. And all Kenny Harrison has to do is PR, and mm -hmm. she has the world record. Of the four, it's the least likely, but it made it the best candidate for what we're picking today. And I, I think we're not giving enough weight to the fact that Grant Holloway last year was on month nine of racing yeah. uh, in, in, in a very hectic 
weird year where he does so many events. And now we're seeing him focus 100% on one event. I think that's going to be worth some time. So is just him getting his feet wet and being consistent at the professional level. Now, Merritt's time, you're right, was an outlier. That was a big jump up. So I think if, as long as he goes into Tokyo with any sort of PR, maybe he runs 1295 at USA's or 1292 on the Diamond League, I think it's still in play that we could see that big jump when it comes time to Tokyo. Now, we don't know the track, right? And that's always a big question mark in these meets. You were there in Beijing for that 398-meter track that they rolled out there. And every single, every single time uh, was very, very quick. Not all of them, but there were enough to where you're wondering, okay, yeah. man, the, the, the surface is really, really helping athletes. Doha, you could say, oh, it's super fast because look at the distance times that, that people put out there. But then you could point to other events and say, well, maybe it wasn't that quick. And obviously the wind wasn't a factor there because it was so walled in. So with that caveat aside, assuming a, a normal a normal standard track, I think he is gonna he's gonna do it. He's gonna be the first one under under twelve eighty. Just a massive talent, and now we're finally seeing him put that into one event with his full focus, full time. Grand Holloway, twelve seventy nine, Tokyo, book it. Wow. That is that's I think that might be the boldest. I mean, I, I you have a mystery prediction coming up later. Which mm -hmm. I'm super excited for, but 1279. <laughs> if that happens, I, I almost want to put myself on record to do something. I, I don't know what, because then if I put, say, I'll shave my head, it will like absolutely happen. Yeah. So I don't want to necessarily do that. But 1279. Will you run to Gainesville? Yeah, that, that's on par with to me like. I don't know what a, what a like like would be like Bekele's ten thousand meter record. Like running twelve seventy nine is absurd. It is just mm -hmm. absolutely crazy to me. All right, what do you got next? I mean, I made this prediction <clears throat> before, but I'm going to stick to it. Um, it just allows us to talk about the event in more detail, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to draw out good content. I'm going back to the Michael Norman <laughs> going under forty three seconds. <clears throat> When you run 986 at the AP meet and you're not a 400 meter runner, that converts to like a 42.5, if my calculations are correct. Um, <laughs> and, and your made up calculator that you have, yes. Yeah. So I uh, don't think Michael Norman's going to run 42.5. And I know that 43.03 is, if I'm talking about huge outliers, that, that one's obviously a massive one. But. I think last year he was really injured <clears throat> and it was, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just going to retire my voice. Speaking of injury, I think last year he was really injured at, at USA. Yeah. Really injured. <clears throat> I'm just, I'm just done. Uh, really injured. Do you want to get USA. some water? Do you want to get some water? Yeah. We, we can do a water break here. We can go full screen with me yeah. and then Lincoln can get, can yeah. get some, some water here. Gonna, oh no, he got, he's got the cup. He's got the coffee. He, folks, he's only on mm -hmm. cup number one. And if you were in Doha with Lincoln, like I was, mm -hmm. the man basically had an IV of coffee attached to him at all <laughs> times. He checked into a medical center there on the first day and he said he needed a line that is just going to uh, uh, just, di just directly inject caffeine into his body. And that's what he did for yeah. 10 days. Yeah. No, I miss, I mean, we've discussed this many times. I miss Doha for many reasons. 
one of them primarily is the food service at 3 a.m. And also just not having, uh, not knowing what the coronavirus was. Uh, that mm. was nice. <clears throat> All right, let's but, start uh, over from the, from the top. Let's start mm -hmm. over. Michael Norman, okay. here we go. Okay, with so we're, we're going. <laughs> 400 meter prediction. Michael Norman is the first man to break 43 seconds. He's going to break uh, Wade Van Niekirk's record. We looked at his potential last year, but now he's only gotten better. He's run 986 in the 100 in a, basically an off year. I, I think he was greatly reduced <clears throat> last year because of whatever the injury was that he never exactly wanted to specify, although he said it was a strain. Uh, he really kept that close to the chest, so we're not exactly sure what was going on. Uh, but we have not even close seen the, the best of Michael Norman. I, I don't think it was a fluke that he opened the season with a 43-45 last year. Of course, you're not going to run faster every single time, but this is by no means as fast as he can go. 400-meter runners don't run 19.7 and, and 9.86. Wade Van Niekirk's the greatest of all time, and he's only run 19.8 and 9.90-something. Well, Norman's way faster in those other events, and his primary event is the 400. I, I, I believe he's going to go faster if he's in peak form, and I, I think he's going to run something just a shade under 43 seconds. It, it seems impossible because you look at somebody like Michael Johnson and ha you know what what he ran, and then to have Van Niekirk <clears throat> go well under that um, in in Rio. But that's what the Olympics do; they bring out in these sprint events times that you otherwise don't think are are humanly possible, right? And we saw that somewhat in in Doha and with the the distance events. And you mentioned Beijing; these tracks are only getting faster. These Mondo surfaces are are changing the game as far as what how fast things uh can run and i think with this extra year of preparation everything to me seems going in uh norman's favor to to break the world record this prediction like your other prediction is one of those that okay let's rewind to april 2019 wouldn't have yeah. been considering would not have been that bold right would not have been that bold mm -hmm. when norman ran 43 45 i think people thought last year he would fit, he would go into Doha and and drop a sub 43. That seemed like it was a possibility, but then everything has changed between now and then. He seems to be back to where he was last year and is more in Mount Sac 43-45 shape than the form mm -hmm. we saw at the end of the year. But it's, it's interesting just how quickly things change, both with the Coleman pick and then now with the the Norman pick because it would have been like okay great Lincoln that's he's gonna drop four tenths off of his PR from a Mount mm -hmm. Sack meet where he he basically ran against Red Benjamin and that was it like that's not that's not crazy that's not asking too much but we saw last year how he struggled towards the end yeah and I I like I said I think he was pretty hurt I mean I mean I don't yeah, think yeah. a competitive guy like him is running that semifinal in Doha that way and he said you know he felt something like a warning sign and he didn't want to take it further you know he's not doing that unless he's really really hurt and for whatever reason he wants to keep that stuff to himself and not share that maybe for competitive advantage or, or who knows what but no it's it's become more bold because he didn't end the year the way he wanted to or the way everyone thought he was going to, where it was going to be a year where he was just going to march through the 400 and, and uh, you know, not have any competition. But let's remember, 
other than USA's where he lost to Fred Curley. And by the way, you know, Fred Curley had to run 43-6 to beat him. Um, mm -hmm. He was dominating the 400. He was beating Curley all the time, uh, and nobody was coming close to him. Now, granted, Stephen Gardner, the eventual world champion, I don't think they raced all year, and he ran 43-4, and will be a worthy competitor. But I, I don't think anyone can deny that if everyone's at 100%, Norman is at a completely different level, and that includes the new 100% for whatever weight Wade Van Niekerk has. I don't think his 100% is going to be real 100% just based on how much time mm -hmm. it's been and obviously that ACL injury. Um, but this this one truly feels like it, it, it's going to happen. I mean, we talk, we joke, not joke, but we talk about what's the chances Lyles breaks 1919 and what's the chance Brazier runs under 140.91. Those are like, those are dreams, basically. Those are way more uh, unlikely to happen than likely. This one has at times felt inevitable. And then now all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's like, oh, God, we don't really know what we have with Michael Norman. Well, we, we do. We really know that he. this is a guy who can start off a year run 43-4. And if you do that, you should be able to cut that down throughout the duration of the season. So Anyways, long-winded way of saying that I explaining that that is actually a bold prediction, but is something that I think people should still expect to happen. He was hurt his first year at USC, if you remember mm -hmm. that, right? And then he and then he mm -hmm. came back and had the the crazy sophomore. But he missed time. He missed some time his his first year, and then with the injury last year, you maybe start to get worried that this is a this is a pattern. But yeah. do you know what you don't do if you're worried about getting injured and you're a 400 meter runner? You know what you definitely do not sign up to do? Run an all out hundred yeah. in a non championship year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I think that is a very clearly a good sign that he's confident in where his body is at. I always assumed it was a hamstring, just because when someone talks about a strain as a sprinter, that's where your mind immediately goes. Hamstring injuries are notoriously persistent and stubborn. And I know he mentioned it for the first time, bothering him at, at USA's or leading up to USA's. Remember, he said he didn't, he really didn't get any workouts in. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all if something he picked up in July was still there in in, in October. But yeah, two sprint for predictions sure. for you, Lincoln. Two sprint predictions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know that there's just other events? I do know that there's other events. I just. I'm tired of the distance events. I just, I don't like them anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe you can, you can bring back the distance races or even a field event if you'd like. I mean, it, it, you're, you're I'm going to go distance. Okay. I'm going to go distance and I'm going to go, I'm going to go with something that I've said before, but not everybody listens to every podcast. Not everybody likes the title of every podcast. Some people on the show think we should title things uh, just based on one sentence that the guest says, like Donovan Brazier's <laughs> running Monaco. I mean, just... Just a thrilling and compelling title. An American woman is going to medal in the 5,000 for the first time in history. Mm -hmm. And I said that before this year started, just based on how Schweizer finished last year and also what we saw. I might have even said it before indoor started, but definitely after indoor, it really picked up mm -hmm. momentum. And I thought we were eventually going to see someone crack through and get it. We don't know what Houlihan's going to do. Obviously, she would be the main contender to do it. But if she doesn't, you have someone there in Schweizer who now has the closing speed and the personal best to run with anybody outside of Safan Hassan. 
in the world, I would I would put 20, and we haven't seen Sifan Hassan this year, so I'll say 2019 Sifan Hassan. So you yeah. put her in one category. You know, Obiri is right there as well, but Obiri doesn't have the the upside as as Sifan Hassan. And in, in a yeah. tactical race, I could see Schweizer being right there with both of them. But I think somebody somebody from the U.S. is going to medal for the first time in major championship history. Hasn't happened at a World Championships. Hasn't happened at Olympics. At the Olympics, it's the the only distance event where that has not happened, and that is going to that will change in Tokyo. Now, a couple things to, to clear out here. Yeah, not not exactly a bold prediction after two women run fourteen twenty in the same race. So, not I mean, I'm not criticizing the pick, but this this is a good one because no one's ever done this. The American woman hasn't medaled at Worlds or the, or the World or at the Olympics in the five thousand. Um, which they ran the three thousand for a while, which that's part of it too. In the Olympics, they yes. ran the, the yeah, yeah. It's a newer uh, event. Another, yeah, another thing. Savannah in a like a Monaco preview article was quoted as saying that you know she was planning if the Olympics were this year, and maybe she's still planning to run the fifteen hundred five k double in Tokyo. I don't think she, which I don't think she knows the schedule. Remember, we we played this game yeah, last she year. She didn't she didn't know the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because obviously that comes with a conflict. There's a 1,500-meter round the day before the 5,000-meter final. Or no, the day of? Is it the day of? Day of. It's in the morning. Yeah. It's in the morning. That's not happening. Yeah, maybe it's not happening. Um, but still, yeah, five, you know, 5K, 10K double could be on the table. So that that take makes it a little bit tough. And then you're calling Obiri. Uh, it seems like you're downplaying her, her skills as the reigning two-time – Defending world champion. I mean, I, she didn't. No, Safan Hassan was no. the five thousand meter champion last year. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, she was. She was. If you win the fit, we talked about this. Did we? Oh no, wait. It was on another podcast. I talked about this. I get my yeah. podcast confused. If you win yeah. the fifteen and you win the ten, you are the five thousand meter gold medalist. <laughs> That's how that works. By default, yes, yes. You've um, covered it. I I think when you look at the five k. It's come for for let's just assume it's Swizer. You you you're looking at Hassan Obiri, maybe and like another Ethiopian athlete and and or because yeah, I think the Kenyans are um, for the most part. I mean, there's some good athletes, but they're they're going to be focused on the ten and maybe don't have that five k speed. My point being, it's 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 if Hassan runs, it's Hassan Obiri, Constance Klaus for Hoffman. Constance Klosterhofen, an Ethiopian, and then probably an American. So I think it's about five people that are going to be fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. for for the medals. Uh, there's not too many people that are running in the 1420s, and obviously Schweizer now is is one of them. And so you can make the argument now she's right on the level of Klosterhofen, who got a bronze last year in Doha. So certainly it's a, a, a possibility. Um, and with, I think you can safely say that Schweizer is ascending at a faster rate than maybe any of those other women. So there's a chance, you know, she's running in the 14 teens this time next year. Um, so her potential is is certainly through the roof. That said, it's it's obviously going to be close. I mean, it's it's tough to win a medal, and it's it, she's in the position though now where it feels like kind of like what Rupp was in the 10,000. It's yes. well, he's going to be there in the last lap, but is he going to have this? Is he going to have the the kick? You know, he, he had it in London, and then he didn't have it the rest of his career in the 10,000. 
Um, it's all about that that finishing speed. But you feel enough to, and this is a big step forward, obviously, because American women have not been super competitive in the in the five thousand throughout the years uh, on the global on the championship stage. But you feel confident when somebody's run fourteen twenty six. Yeah, they're going to be there in the last lap. Um, it's just a matter of do they beat two or three people to get on the metal metal stand. So and that, that in itself has been a remarkable progression, though, because the, like I said, as it's been a long time since we've well, basically ever that we've considered that there's going to be a five thousand meter American woman on the on the podium. These are the exact conversations we were having five ten years ago about the steeplechase and about. The, the 10,000, like you mentioned it, mm -hmm. where it was, let's just look at the numbers. Okay. So there'll be three Kenyans there in the men's mm -hmm. steeplechase. There'll be McKeesey and then there'll be Jager. Okay. So he already yeah. starts out with at max, there's going to be four guys who could beat him. So he yeah. really, of those four, he only needs to beat two of them yeah. and he's on the medal stand. Same thing with the mm -hmm. women. And now we're playing that game with the 5,000. And the fact that you said, okay, there's going to be, at, at, at worst, Hassan, Obiri, Coco, maybe one other person from Ethiopia. Heck, even throw both yeah, yeah. Ethiopians. When you yeah. start off with the worst I'm going to do is sixth, and then you add in injuries, you add in other event selections, that is how you get medals out of these mm -hmm. events, is you start with that. Whereas before it was, okay, these, these three from Ethiopia, three from Kenya are going to be their, their PRs are 20 seconds faster. So there's no, they're all Safan Hassans to, to the, to the previous generation of women trying to run the 5,000. So there's only really one untouchable out there as opposed to having six untouchables. Yeah. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm confident that they're going to get it done, whether or not it's Shelby or, or somebody else. Look at that women's 10,000 with Enfeld getting a medal with yeah. Flanagan goucher getting medals and when enfeld got the medal obviously huddle was right behind so they went three four in that race and i, yeah. I think we're going to start to see i think we're going to start to see something similar in the in the women's mm -hmm. five let's go to your oh your third and final prediction let's see what event you're going to talk you're talking about the men's 200 you've covered the men's 100 and the men's 400 are you going to go men's 200 here this one covers both genders, and this one's going to be. I, I just this one could be ugly. I just letting you know my my prediction is that there's not going to be an Olympic Games. I listen. I know. I okay, know that's come, not on, come on, come on. That was not the I, game. I, come on, come up with a better pick. Come on, come up with a better prediction. This is if the Olympics are happening. No, we're not going to let you do that. Okay. No. Okay. Next. Not, Go to next not prediction. Eligible. Not eligible. Sorry, you've been suspended mm -hmm. from this podcast no. <laughs> for the next. <laughs> 90 seconds. Do you, I'll, I'll do my mystery one. I'll do my mystery one. Fine. Give time to recoup. Okay. Listen, Fine. the U.S. men are going to clean yeah. up. Absolutely clean yeah. up in these Olympics if they happen. They're going to win the 100-meter gold, whether or not Coleman is there or not. Noah Lyles is okay. going to win the 200. Noah Lyles is going to win the okay. 200. Michael Norman is going to win the 400. Grant Holloway is going to win the high hurdles. Rye Benjamin is going to win the low hurdles. Donovan Brazier oh, wow. is going to win the 800. They're going to win the four by one, and then they're going to win the four by four. They're going to win. American men are going to win gold in everything, relays, individual events, 800 and under. Yeah. 
Is am Definitely I being American centric? Yes. Is yeah, this a possibility? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's a huge possibility. I mean, for one, it already happened, and I was thinking about. I mean, it happened last year in, in the one, the two, the eight, the four by four, and the four by one, and the one ten. So we're what? We're only missing yeah. the four hundred. And the four which hurdles, which which is the four four hurdles oh, is probably. Right. Yeah, that's probably the hardest one because you got to get through Warholm and yeah. Samba, but. Mm-hmm. I think I think Benjamin's going to have a response this year to Warholm. He was uh, going to slap himself up. so hard. Warholm's going to slap himself yeah. so hard that uh, mm-hmm. he has trouble finding his way to the first hurdle. One of the two. You know, I saw on the Monaco website there was like a feature story with him, and he's like out golfing. I think he's got a little passive. Once I see <clears throat> Carson Warholm out there playing golf. And he's not mm-hmm. just at, at his apartment, just screaming at himself in front of the mirror. I think he's 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 lost a little bit of his edge, right? Uh, and, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's an argument though for Benjamin to be even better because we he showed us all the video in Doha of him wiping out on a hurdle. That said, I mean Warholm was still fantastic last year and would have been tough to beat yeah, any, yeah. anyways. But 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 yes, there's certainly an argument for. Benjamin being a much better version of himself in 2021 than he was last year. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like ever since Beijing, when the U.S. had an abysmal performance, everything's been trending up. You know, Rio was was good for the Americans, and London, I, I don't know, not as good. But then, and then of course you have. Doha, where they were fantastic on the on the men's side, even winning the four by one. Which, when you win, when the U.S. wins the four by one, it unlocks a whole new level. It's like all of a sudden the monkey's off the back, and anything is possible. Win the ten thousand, yeah, sure, why not? That's possible. Uh, you know, winning the mm-hmm. the uh, the marathon, probably not possible. But you know, who knows? It's just the four by one was the the ultimate like get the monkey off the back and they did that and and obviously winning as many other events as they did too last year it's it it feels very real that they go on a hot streak and sweep all those events yeah the odds of something going wrong obviously are very very high but you know you extended into into the other events there were even the ones i didn't mention like the 1500 okay timothy chariot's going to come in as a huge favorite but yeah the u.s will have metal threats steeplechase if jager's back the U.S. will have metal threats, and obviously Bohr and Cabini were pretty solid last year. You have Chalimo in the in the five thousand, Lamong in the ten thousand. You really have a situation where there are no weak spots. Obviously, you go to the field events, and then you have people like Christian Taylor, Will Clay, Kovacs, Krauser, Kendricks. Like it didn't used to always be this way. People might think that, especially if they just started paying attention to track. There were whole events where the U.S. was a complete afterthought, and they'd right. show the final, and they might get one person in the final, and they'd do the cutaway of, and here's so and so moving up to eleventh at the bell lap. Yeah, like that's just not that's just not the case anymore. And then you go to the women. Obviously, they'll have competitive people in the one, the two, the four, the eight. They'll have both favorites, uh, or two two of the favorites. Uh, the fifteen, they'll have one of the favorites. Steeple, they have a world champion. We already talked about the five, the 10,000. They'll have people. They've medaled there before. Both hurdle events. They could sweep both hurdle events. They could sweep the women's four and the women's high hurdles, which was going to be one of my bold predictions, but I, I went the other direction. 
Marathon, obviously, they'll be fine. Their field events are solid too. But yeah, there's not really any weak, very like very weak spot. Like there's in every event, there's a okay. This person has a greater than. There's at least one American who has a chance to medal that's greater than one percent. Mm-hmm. Oh, de- definitely. Yeah. No, I'm old enough even to remember when it was the U.S. was the the also rans and. And a lot of obviously not the sprints, but the the distance events. It's yeah. been a whole wave of of change, and that we've definitely gotten spoiled. Uh, in some ways, that you almost missed that. There was a there was it's, it's it was like the the when you're the first person to hear of a band, it's a little special, and then they become mainstream, and you're like they're not as cool anymore. And so I think back to the mid two thousands, you know, it was cool the 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 shot, you know. Well, I mean, we had Bernard Lagat, of course, and he was like he's our medalist. Yeah. But it's like the, the chance, it's like, all I got to do is get in the final. And now it's like, mm-hmm. we know everyone's going to be in the final. It's just a whole different, whole different game. Yeah. But I, I, I miss some levels of the, the underdog in the U.S. distance, distance events that we, we no longer have. That said, it's, a, it's, kind of, it's kind of more fun now. But, you know, there's some, there's some missing, there's some uh, elements that I miss from, you know, the 2004 Olympics when, whenever we didn't have people making the finals and, and, and whatnot. So anyways, um, you want, good you prediction. want the early modest, you want the early modest mouse. You don't want late modest mouse is what you're saying. I don't even listen to the late modest mouse. I mean, I, I think I've outgrown modest mouse. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm well, do you remember people lost their I'm, mind. People lost their mind when Manzano got a silver in the 1500. If an American yes. got a silver, it, in, in Tokyo in the 1500, the track world would be, okay. I, mean, I, I guess part of it depends on who it was. If it was, if it was Centro, you'd say, oh, that makes, that makes sense. I could see that yeah. happening. I guess if it was Engels, it would be a little more of a shock or somebody else it would be a little bit different. But there's nothing – the U.S. reached the point where there's no result. There's no event that they can win that causes you to shake your head in, in disbelief. Like once the women – went one, two in the steeple, all bets were off at that point. Yeah, yeah. That one was a big turning point. I mean, it did feel like it, things started to change. I mean, even going back to Jenny Simpson's world title in mm-hmm. 2011, that for me felt like a turning point. That was such a stunner uh, though. That was such a shock. Like that was such a, you'd you call it a Cinderella story. In, in, in other sport boards because she didn't come in yeah. at the high seat or anything like that. It was just a crazy confluence of events that led to that. I guess the only surprising stuff now is related to individual matchups. It's not, oh, they don't belong in that event. But if an American man beats Kipchoge in the marathon, that would be stunning. Or when people beat Bolt, that's like a whoa. Or if Brazier goes in the 1500 or Centro in the 1500 and they take down Cherry, that would make us sit up and go, oh man. But there's no event that's off limits now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe still the men's marathon, but we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll see. <laughs> they medaled, they medaled in, they medaled in Rio. What do you mean? Rough medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant gold. I mean, we're, we're if you're in the expe- expectation of, of gold. Um, well, that's I, because I mean, like, Kipcho- if, if if I told you, if I told you right now that Ilyud Kipchoge won't be in Tokyo, like he retires, he just decides, he decides, guys, mm-hmm. coronavirus, 
I'm not doing it anymore. How many people have better odds of winning gold than Galen Rupp at the marathon? Because we can play that game again, right? We can play that exact game we just did. There'll be three guys from Kenya, three guys from Ethiopia. But yeah. is anybody from one of the other countries going to beat him? I mean, I'm sure there will be some somebody who has a good day. But who would be a bigger odds-on favorite? Yeah, than, than that's Rupp. Maybe maybe a couple I mean, people, and then all it takes is him having a good day. Yeah, I mean, he's already qualified, so that that obviously helps. As the rest helps, of the field. Yeah contenders we don't know who's going to be there i guess kipchoge um already been named to the team but who knows if you know athletics kenya is going to change that or or right. or what but um yeah that's a good point that's a good point i i just yeah just look at Kim, kipchoge is somebody who's going to retire in 15 years so i, I don't think mm -hmm. he's stopping anytime soon um okay i you've rejected my my previous bold prediction because it, it it involved mm -hmm. a cancellation of the tokyo games and i you know i i guess and it wasn't bold either it's not bold to, it's not bold okay that's the other one that's the other reason it was rejected it was rejected for several reasons um yeah it's like when you write write something uh in the cms and it pops up red in like three different fields that's what happened with you that's your, exactly what that your, was uh, okay prediction. fair enough fair enough um well, I'm going to go to the men's distance side. I guess all my picks are, are male, so sorry about that. I uh, did not intend for that. I promise I cover the women's sport and I value it greatly. But I don't think this guy gets talked about enough. Joshua Chepta guy is, I think, going to be a legend in the 5 and the 10. He didn't do the 5 at last year's world champs. But I think next year he wins, and this is going outside the Olympics, but I think he went – I'm seeing the World XC news, so I'm trying to bring something in. I think he repeats as World XC champion. I think he wins the five and the ten at the World at the at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Well, that's and actually a, canceled. Well, that's going to be canceled. That if you want to talk about cancellations, they're talking about how they want to postpone that. So that's going to be hard for me. Okay, now hold on here. Postpone to what? 2022? Oh, I would get. Well, the calendar gets so crowded. If you yeah. start pushing it back, you're not, you don't want to put it anywhere near the Olympics. I guess you could put it in November or December, but I don't, I don't know. Anyway, we're not supposed to be talking about World XC. We're talking about the Olympics. So your pick is that Chapter well, guy's going to win the I'm five and the ten? I think he's going to have a run on the distance events next year. And he's, and I was just adding on a little icing to the cake, but I basically this, my bold prediction, which isn't that bold because I, my bold, my, my bold prediction was, as you said, marked up with red and didn't, was not accepted by the publisher. I am going mm -hmm. with him going to win the five and the ten. It's not it's not a bold pick, but winning both events is a very difficult thing to do. We were spoiled by Mo Farah, uh, and the five is a pretty good event right now on the men's side. When you talk about uh, the Ethiopian guy, I can't think of his name, that uh, has won the last two world titles. The guy, we, we haven't seen his best, so I'm I'm excited to to see what he can do, and I think he wins both both events pretty handily. Mm. All right. I mean, that I can't reject that one because technically it is a prediction, but it's better than your last one. But I mean, a five ten double is that what we've resulted to? I, I, now? Listen, sometimes. How many times does a five ten double not happen? I feel like a five ten double happens more than it doesn't happen. Listen, I was on a breakaway dunk, and I just decided to <laughs> lay it up instead of slam it home. Okay, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. I couldn't think of anything else. 
I was trying, I, I want to go I'm full Emmanuel career is going to run 139, but I just can't. I can't defend those takes. I can't, I cannot, I can't say Shelby Houlihan is going to run 345. Like I just, I, I don't have that in me anymore. Like those, those are, you can't support those arguments. So, well, what do you I think? Really what do you think Stefan, what do you think Stefan Hassan does? Yeah. Well, I, with the schedule, I think she, she probably comes back and does the 15 and the 10 again. The 510 is way too boring. Um, I, but I don't think it's that outrageous for me to say, oh, I think she's going to break the world record in the 1500 in the final because she was whatever, a second and a okay. half or, you know, something coming back. And, you know, all it took would take for her to, to do that. It would seem like in the 15 is get a little bit, get out to a little bit better start. She kind of lagged at the beginning of that 1500 last year in Doha and then still ended up running 351.9 or whatever. So it's not, a, it's not a reach to say she's going to break the 1500 world, uh, world record in the, in the final. And then in the 10,000, I mean, that last year was a walk and it was her second 10K ever. I don't think she's going to break the world record in that event. That's not to her advantage. But of course, I expect her to sweep those events again. Now, that being said, we, I mean, I, she's not with Alberto Salazar anymore. So she's going to have to endure, you know, a coaching change. And I, 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 it seems like she's not in Portland anymore. Do we, do we have any more information on that? I, I've been confused about I thought she was. I thought she was. I thought she was. I thought she was. Comp- okay. I thought she was getting coached by a uh, by an assistant coach with the group okay. formerly known as the Nike Warrior Project. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it may have been. Ro- is it is it Roberry? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so I guess that that's a that's a possibility. She's not with Julian's group, but that, that's I guess not. That's a separate thing now. Okay. Uh, but but again, that didn't even. Fe- I, we've seen this, right? We've seen Hassan do this, and it's it's fun to talk about her, yeah. but it it felt like. This is the she set the bar now. This is the expectation is that she's going to sweep both of these events, and it's ridiculous. But also, if you watch track and field, Stefan Hassan is ridiculous. You know, she mm. she runs world record in the mile, and then she wins the ten thousand. I mean, it's just this is this is what she does. I looked it up. There hasn't been a five ten men's double at the Olympics since twenty sixteen. <laughs> When's the last time it was done by somebody from Uganda, though, Kevin? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Done. Statman Link. Statman Lincoln over yeah. here. Just uh, going for the yeah. crown. Uh, mm-hmm. Two minutes left. Do you want to plug your interview that's going up tomorrow? Right. Spoke with Raven Rogers yesterday. Talked about the the famous Bowerman Towerman. I did not call it the Bowerman Towerman. Uh, <laughs> we talked about why she went to... Uh, to Pete Julian's group. Um, she threw out some conspiracies about her form. No, I'm just kidding. She did not do that. Uh, <laughs> we talked about her art. And we all know, well, some of us know my wife's an artist. You can see the painting behind my head. And we bonded, Raven and I bonded over art things. And uh, Kevin, your name even got brought up because we were talking about, I felt she was a good person to discuss old Hayward versus new Hayward. And she said she understood your take but she said the track is the exact same, which I thought was interesting. She said it feels the same way. You can still see the dorms coming off the, the curve. It just happens that okay. there's a spaceship where bleachers used to be. She said the, <laughs> right. the seats are very comfortable. You're going to find them much more accommodating for your behind than, than the bleachers. So. She sold me on that. You'll have to give it a listen to to see. But I but I brought up the fact that you know you're an Oregon guy, or at least you know you went to Oregon. Your parents live in the Eugene area, 
uh, it was tough to watch the old Hayward go down. She felt the same way, but then she went to the new stadium. I imagine that your face up on a giant tower helped. <laughs> so maybe she's not the most reliable source in that sense, but she, she gives good answers about her opinion of, of new Hayward versus old Hayward. Good. All right. Well, that'll be up uh, tomorrow in the morning. You can check it out and then we will be off uh, Monday. So we'll be back on, unless there's something crazy that happens, but actually there, mm-hmm. there might be something crazy happening because we have a, another sprint meet today that's going on right now. And then we also have the final BTC beat. So perhaps we'll be back Monday uh, to do an Wait, emergency what's the audio. Going on today? Oh, are we in Florida or are we in Texas? We're doing something. Which hotspot are we to, at back, this week? <laughs> back, we're going, we're back to the track again, Lincoln. Is oh, what we're doing. We are at, let me see, let me see. Back to the track. We are in Prairie View A&M. So oh, no. not too uh, far from us. Texas. Yep. Yeah. Cool. That is, okay. that is definitely Texas. And then, yes, and the BTC meet, whoops, is going on, uh, on on Friday. So if there's emergency stuff, we'll probably do an audio-only one on Monday, and then we'll be back with video. Next week, it'll probably be Lincoln, or sorry, Gordon and I forever uh, in perpetuity because Lincoln is having a second child, and as someone who has had a second child, doesn't get easier. Does not get easier. Looking Good luck with that, Lincoln. We're on, yeah, we're on Baby Watch full-time here, so it's it's getting real. Exciting times. I'm, yeah. I, you know, sleep overrated. Uh, it's we'll, get that we'll IV find back. out. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna have to buy the coffee maker they had at at, at the World Champ. So I'll let you know how that goes. But yeah, we'll see okay. you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Elon, for producing. We'll talk to you guys then.